0: This is a short video about a murder that took place yesterday that in my views every bit as serious as the killing of Jamal Khashoggi. It's related to the so-called Neom Project in Saudi Arabia. For those of you who don't know, a man by the name of Rahman. Or Abdurrahim al Hawaiti uh, from the well known tribe, uh, which is a large tribe in Saudi Arabia but also a tribe that has members in Sina, Egypt, and Jordan. Um, Abdulrahim al Hawaiti made a series of videos shortly before his murder, including one that he made perhaps minutes before he was killed by Saudi security forces. Uh, The background story is that in 2017, Mohammed bin Salman announced what has become known as the NEOM project. This project, which is planned to take place in the province of Tabuk in modern day Saudi Arabia, it's close to the Jordanian border at the point of the Aqaba. The Gulf of Aqaba, close to, uh, at the seashore of the Red Sea. Uh, It's supposed to be a major development project by which uh, a sort of a futuristic city uh, reportedly. be completed in 2025, or that's at least the original plan. The basic idea of this project is to mimic something like Dubai, or the city of Dubai, to become a major financial center in the Middle East, as a major free trade zone. Now. This free trade zone uh, is supposed to attract capital from all around the world and be sort of the playground for rich people uh, around the world with promised financial benefits to Jordan, Saudi Arabia, obviously, Israel, And apparently it is part of the so-called deal of the century that Kushner had proposed uh, promising rather vague financial benefits to the Palestinians um, in return for effectively abolishing the Palestinian problem, and the entire right of return, and so on and so forth. But that's not the, the issue. Whatever one thinks of the Neom project, the major problem is that this province of Tabuk is already inhabited. It, and it's inhabited, among others, by a major tribe, the Huwaitat tribe. The Saudi government since 2017 has um, been trying to empty that land so they, they, they can build the futuristic city. But the Hawaita tribe, not surprisingly, like all Arabs who are uh, intimately tied to the roots of their land and the history of their land, the, the, the roots that extend over hundreds of years, the Huwaitat tribe refused to leave. When financial incentives didn't work, the Saudi government used coercion and threats, arrests, detentions, torture, and so on and so forth. The incident that I'm talking about is that one of the heads of the tribe, Abdurrahim al refused to leave his land and made a series of videos in which he said that he will not accept any amount of compensation, but he remains committed to his territory and his homeland and to the roots of his family. He, however, earned the ire of Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, because in the videos that he recorded, he um, criticized Muhammad bin Salman, criticized the fact that the government, instead of developing the province of Tabuk with its native population. The Saudi government wants to eject the native population out of Tabuk, particularly his own town, uh, the town of Al-Khereba, where he lived, and wants to import a population from basically, he describes it as the rich population of the world to come and replace the natives in this province. And he also criticizes um, the scholars of Saudi Arabia by saying that the Muslim scholars of Saudi Arabia have let him and his tribe down by failing to stand up to injustice And calls upon legal experts around the world to help bring attention to the plight of his tribe and to their displacement and their ejection out of their homeland. Uh, And then warns that he expects to be arrested or even killed. And hardly an hour goes by the Saudi forces not only it was clear that the Saudi forces were under orders to kill this person, in my view, because Muhammad bin Salman was probably very upset with the criticism directed against him and his government in these videos. In a clear display of excessive force by all standards the the saudi government surrounds his the, this man's home and fires a barrage of um a barrage of bullets N- nearly the the his home just looks horrible it's it's full of bullet holes half the the, the home has been born been blown up and he was killed now, one might be tempted to say, well, you know, people in, in, in the Muslim world are dying left and right, so why should we care? Well, one, um, first, the, 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 the fact that yet another Muslim is killed in cold blood offends me, and it should never become the norm, and it should never be normal. We Muslims should be um, should be firmly rooted in the idea that the life of a human being is extremely valuable, and the life of every human being is extremely valuable. And no murder should just pass... As if human beings have stopped mattering. But there are several other considerations that have um, that have made me make this video. This is a, a new clear trend, and policy that is now that has been adopted by the Egyptian government, when it forcibly displaced the population of North Sina, particularly near the city of Rafah, uh, close to the Israeli border, where again, in preparation for the so-called deal of the century, the Egyptian government destroyed the homes of thousands of the of. Uh, the inhabitants of sina and killed or arrested in massive detention centers thousands others and the policy continues to this day and the egyptian government has grown accustomed to calling whoever it kills or whoever whatever whoever um, whatever homes it blows up and whatever population display it displaces as simply referring to them as terrorists. While, in fact, those who use violence against the Egyptian government are a small group of radicals, not the population of Sina at large that the Egyptian government targets. The idea in Sina was to empty huge chunks of land, again, with these vague plans of developing a future free market where the Palestinians which some of the benefits will accrue to the, the the to the some of the benefits will accrue to Palestinians and other benefits would accrue to Israel and other benefits would accrue to the Egyptian government by development of, of some free market in this territory and so what policy does the Egyptian government pursue it simply kicks out the population, empties the population, blows up home, murders people. And now we are seeing that same precise policy move from the Egyptian government in Sina to the Saudi government in the province of Tabuk. And again, all connected to the deal of the century, all connected to some very vague and ambiguous projects of economic development the and the development of free trade zones, um, which somehow, some way would solve the Palestinian-Israeli issue, somehow, some way serve the cause of peace in the region, um, and make rich people much richer attract investments to the region, but all at the cost of the original inhabitants of the land. Now, sadly, we've already had a precedent for these policies, and that's with Palestinians in Israel. Thousands of Palestinians have been displaced um, since 1948 since 1967, and they continue to be displaced to this very day, but with the same basic logic of bringing in new settlers. Now, there are several things that I, I want to say here. One. Mass displacements of natives and inhabitants through these autocratic despotic governments that murder, imprison, torture will only bring more and more bloodshed to the region. Anyone that thinks that this is the way forward for development and peace is deluded, plus criminal, because just because you, you have the right objectives, even if we say they're the right objectives, that doesn't mean the means legitimate. Second, there is a significant racial component to all of this the blood of natives matters very little. While the blood of rich people who happen to often come from Europe, whether Western Europe or Eastern Europe, whether they come to settle in the West Bank or to settle in Sina or to settle in that future Nayom project, is always given priority and always given precedence. And this embedded form of racism and refabricating of the, the, the racism of colonial paradigms is criminal and disastrous for the region. Third, I regularly follow Israeli media. I don't speak Hebrew well, but I understand Hebrew very well. And I regularly follow Israeli media. And I've noticed that so much of the Israeli media, the right-wing media, I'm not talking about Israeli media that is humanistic or that cares about human rights. I'm talking about the Israeli media that is right-wing and typically pro-Netanyahu government, and so on. And they are, I I haven't failed to notice that the Israeli media is jubilant about Sisi's policies in Sina about the maximum amount of force that the Egyptian government uses against the Sinaians, the Sinawiin, and the Israeli media is also very jubilant about the Neom Project. And in fact, so many of the Israeli commentators say that we've encouraged MBS to move forward with the Neon Project and not let the backwards people and the retarded people of the Arab world hold them back and so on. And those who think that this is that they are serving Israel's best interests. I think they are sadly deluded. Israel's best interest is not served by building ill will in the region. Israel's interest is not served by forming an alliance with autocrats like Sisi and autocrats like Mohammed bin Zayed of the Emirate or Mohammed bin Salman of Saudi Arabia, all that does is that it creates the superficial alliance with dictators. But the populace over which these dictators rule remain resentful, not just of the, the dictators, but any allies of the dictators it is not in the best interests of israel and it is not in the best interests of the united states the united states since at least since the 50s has steadily built a reputation of being an ally of dictators and autocrats and of being a political hypocrite through and through in the region Till when will the American government continue to be satisfied with its reputation as one that embraces double standards, one standard for Israel, which must enjoy democracy, which is entitled to enjoy human rights, and which has a right to exist, and a completely different standard for the natives of Sina, for the natives of Palestine, for the natives now of Saudi Arabia, who are denied the right to democracy, the right to human rights, or even the right to exist. And no one cares whether they live or perish. I underscore, blood only begets blood. Torture only begets radicalism and fanaticism. If you want to understand what made ISIS and what made the Qaeda, only look at the victims of torture and imprisonment and murder that preceded the formation of ISIS and Qaeda. What we are doing is we are planting the seeds for the fanaticism of tomorrow. When we kill someone like Abdurrahim al-Huwaiti from the Huwaitat tribe today in this fashion, What do you think will happen to his tribe? Don't you think that members of his tribe will become radicalized and will form extremist ideologies? Till when is this region, this this sad, blighted, cursed part of the world, this part of the world that has been the victim of colonialism and racism for now decades, till when? Are we going to doom that part of the world to the same logic and the same formula of force and coercion and torture and pain and suffering? To when are they only going to be good enough for dictators and mass murderers and human rights violators? All of that. As I watched the video of Abdul Rahim al-Hawaiti that he taped shortly before he was murdered, I could see the future. I could see his kids growing up knowing that his father that their father died in such an ugly and merciless way. I could see the members of his tribe. I could see the entire trajectory of tomorrow. And I could see all these people who are in Egypt or in Saudi Arabia or the Emirates or Israel who are just so arrogant and so conceited and so racist and so elitist and and so carefree about blood and suffering. I could see the type of future that they are forming for our children tomorrow. And that's a future that we've had enough. We've had enough. May Allah bless the soul of Abdul rahim al huwaiti May Allah bless the soul of all the victims in Sina, and all the victims in Saudi Arabia, and all the victims in Yemen, and all the victims of Libya, all the victims of Syria, all the victims of those who've dreamed of democracy, and dreamed of a better tomorrow, and dreamed of having rights, dreamed of being treated like human beings. And what do I say? It is my duty as a Muslim scholar to speak out. My apologies to Abdul Rahim al Kuwaiti on behalf of all the other Muslim scholars who disappointed him until his blood became so. Thank you for your time. Alhamdulillah.